0: podcast. This is the only podcast that dives deep into post-purchase marketing to help Amazon sellers increase sales, ranking, reviews, and profits. It's everything that happens after the initial sale that makes a difference. We call this the back end. Welcome to another episode of the post-purchase podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Seth Stevens. We're missing our other co host today, but that's okay because we have a guest to make up for it. So I'm going to go ahead and bring on Nick, who is the founder of Argo Metrics and the host of the Amazon Seller Legends podcast. Nick, I uh, welcome you to the post-purchase podcast.
1: Thank you, Seth. I'm glad to be here.
0: Nick, I'm excited to dig into it because we've talked before about all kinds of good things, but first and foremost, let's share with the audience, like, how did you get into this crazy world and how did you get where you are today, Nick?
1: Well, you know how I'm an entrepreneur and also I happen to be an immigrant entrepreneur. So as you know, immigrants tend to pursue their dreams And that's what brought me to this country. And I was pursuing a dream with technology and I was a a dot-com, got into the dot-com business. Uh, Long story short, became an Amazon seller. But with my technology background, I ended up building a platform which gave me success as an Amazon seller. And now at Argometrics, that's what I focus on, our uh, technology, our platform, and uh, working with Amazon sellers Uh, through our platform.
0: Yeah, this is amazing. So let's kick this thing off with a bang, Nick, because before the show, we were talking about um, some of the the things that you like to dig into. And one of the things really grabbed me. Um, So so Nick, how can a private label Amazon seller dominate on Amazon today?
1: This is ultimately what everybody wants to do, right? So uh, we are looking to create a product and then take that product and then sell it to as many people as possible. So of course the marketplace is Amazon and the way to do that is through the keywords. So the domination for a particular product comes from domination of a keyword and domination of a keyword. I'm going to just work this backwards so that everybody can understand uh, as far as what leads to success. So, Domination for a product comes from domination for a keyword. Domination for a keyword comes from taking an increasing brand share on that keyword. So what that means is let's say that you have a particular keyword. Let's say you're selling um, dust-free pillow covers. Mm -hmm. You want to dominate dust-free pillow covers as keyword. Now, First of all, you know how many people are searching for dust-free pillow covers by using a tool like Helium 10 or you can go to Amazon in 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 Seller, cent, seller Central platform go to product opportunity explorer and look up dust-free pillow covers and you're going to see how many people are searching. Now the first step is to convince Amazon to get more share of that particular keyword. Because think about this. Amazon has, let's say, 100,000 people searching for that keyword. They're not going to send all 100,000 to you. They're going to want to spread it across multiple listings. So in that, what is your share? Now, in your search query performance, you can see your brand share on every single keyword. So the goal is to increase that brand share. So when you launch it for the first time, what you're going to see is your brand share is going to be very small because you are an unknown entity. 8%, 9%, 3%, 5%, whatever the case may be. So now the goal to scale will come from increasing your share uh, of that keyword. And the key question of how to increase your share on that keyword comes down to your conversion. So ultimately, uh, everything flows back to Amazon's business model, which is provide the best customer experience. And what does that mean? This is something that I've written blogs about, I talk about all the time. It's a loaded phrase where they say something, but it means so many things. So what does that mean? It means, think about this as a customer, you come to Amazon, you're looking for a product. The way you find it is you search it. As soon as you search it, Amazon provides the search results. It is Amazon's job to know which products are the most relevant good products sold by good sellers. Because the last thing Amazon wants is say, here is a product, buy this, and then the person buys it and it's terrible quality. They end up wanting to return it and the return becomes a problem and the seller is terrible. They don't provide customer service. So these are all things that Amazon has to factor into their consideration, which is their algorithm to decide what to show. So now keeping that in mind, what is the definition of best customer experience? Come to Amazon, do a search, very quickly with that search, click on an item, and that item happens to have the best reviews, the most reviews, best and most highest reviews, and sold by a good seller and has enough information on it. Now you look at the product and say, you know what? I love this product. It's me. I can see me using this product. So therefore, I'm going to buy. It. And then right away, you buy. It. So now what happened? One visitor on that product detail page, became one sale. That's 100% conversion on that visit. So therefore, best customer experience for Amazon means that on a particular keyword, seller found the product most relevant to their search and bought it and never returned it, never asked for a refund and left a good feedback. So as you increase, your conversion rate, higher and higher, you are going to see your brand impressions, called brand impression share, going up. And that's where real scale starts to happen because the more share of the impression, the more visitors. And if you're maintaining your conversion rate, then that's going to get you even more share, and that's where it starts to dominate and you apply the strategy keyword by keyword then that's where you're going to dominate the product
0: yeah that's amazing so nick you mentioned a lot of different factors there but they all kind of influence conversion right so right. you have a lot of data that you get to see as you know a tool owner you own argometrics so you get to have a unique perspective so what is it what is the common mistake that sellers are making or a handful of mistakes that are impacting their conversion negatively? What, what is it? What's the lever that somebody can pull most of the time that's going to increase their conversion that starts to allow them to dominate these keywords?
1: Yeah. There are two pieces of this puzzle. uh, Said first of all, conversion rate comes from people seeing that this is for me. So if you bring people who are really perfect fits for your product. And you don't show enough information, you don't show enough convincing information for them to say, okay, yeah, it looks like this is for me, but mm, I don't think, you know, I feel comfortable buying it. So that means content, the quality of your content, the extent of your content, your A+, your pictures, and and your reviews and everything else. So your content will drive your conversion rate uh, up or down uh, the, the second, uh, I should say, the other side of the coin is you bring irrelevant people. So you're bidding on the wrong keywords. So wrong people are clicking because people will click things. So they're, they're clicking on it. Your product picture is not relevant to really what it does. So it came up in, a, in an irrelevant search, and you're bringing more people. So it's a simple math. Let's say that you've got 100 people landing on your page. If 30 of them are irrelevant, you are being measured on the 70. Even if out of the 70, 20 of them buy, your conversion rate is still 20 over 100 because Mm -hmm. you brought 100 people. So, therefore, it's the old saying, accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. So, accentuate the positive. That means accentuate the relevant visitors to your product page by offering good quality content, pictures, A plus description, bullet uh, reviews, so that you can turn them into buyers, and then eliminate the negative negative being the eliminate the irrelevant visitors. So the negative keywords in your PPC, negative keywords, then uh, keywords, and also in your content, uh, in your title. If what well, I'm a big fan of putting who your audience is in the title. So for example, we're working with a client now, we, we, they have, they sell masks, and then we created a kit for woodworkers. So the, the picture says, this is for woodworkers. The title says woodworkers kit. So well, guess what? Someone who's looking for a mask for dirt bikes is not gonna click on it. So that's how, how you are eliminating the negative.
0: So, so Nick, that's a really good point. And one of the things that you said you know, you're trying to draw in your perfect customer and you really don't even want those non-perfect customers to come and visit. And the things that that impacts not only initial conversion, but long-term conversion, because your perfect customer is going to come back and be more likely to leave you a good review. And a non-perfect customer is not going to be quite as happy, right? So in our business, Nick, we would see, you know, if, if I moved my star rating on a product from four stars to four and a half stars, My sales would double, and if I moved them from four and a half to five stars, my sales would double again. But it works in reverse. So, what are you seeing in terms of review star rating data on conversion, and then on ultimately sales?
1: Oh, I mean, uh, it's it's all related. So, it's the the old catch twenty two. You know, when you launch a listing, in order to make a sale, you need reviews, and in order to get reviews, you need orders. So. Orders need reviews, reviews need orders, so where do you start? So you start with the a good one if your product is suitable is the Vine program. So enroll in Vine, so that's going to get you 30 if everybody uh, leaves a review. Uh, and then run promotions, and one of the things that I like very much is uh, this is a bit of a, I don't want to say controversial, but it's a little bit outside the norm where you drive external traffic through groups. So uh, if you do your homework and then you find these relevant groups that you join and as you individually, now I'm not talking about product and you you establish yourself as a participant in that group. And and then finally, when you release your product, you simply post it there and then ask people for help. Uh, Tell me what you think about the product. And of course, they are all going to buy. This is not a quid pro quo situation. This is a situation where you're driving people, relevant people who feel passionately about you personally and your product, and then they come to your product page. Of course, they are likely to review. So you ramp up those reviews, and then with those reviews, uh, then your conversion rate will indirectly go up, mainly because you are bringing people who are more passionate and more relevant to your listing who then leave reviews that will push your conversion rate up and and it all works together and suddenly you're getting more brand share
0: yeah i like it so so nick you get to see a lot of the a lot of data on a lot of different accounts and you get to see like what an average amazon business looks like but you also get to see what an exceptional Amazon business looks like and so what is the difference typically are there are there conversions just that much higher or do they have a lot higher profit margins what is the difference between an average seller and an exceptional seller
1: well you know this is a, a controversial thing again this is you're not gonna see this anywhere else this is my approach I'm not saying it's right or wrong I'm just saying it's healthy so it's not sales I don't look at sales. I don't even look at profits. So I give you this situation. So let's imagine that you are making, you know, profits, margins, it's always percentage. So let's say that you are netting a profit margin of net, net, net. That means after paying for the product, after paying the fees, Amazon commission and FBA fee, and after paying the Amazon advertising in general, let's say that you are left with 20%. Now, that's a very hard margin to achieve. But let's assume that you achieve that. That still does not mean that you are, in my book, having a healthy operation. Because what does that mean in terms of dollars? So again, let's now work backwards. Let's say that you're selling an item for $50. So $50 uh, selling price at twenty percent margin is making you ten bucks a sale. So ten bucks a sale going straight into your pocket. You're making a fifty dollars sale. Now what I do is I say, okay, how much have I sold in a month? Let's say you sold a thousand pieces. So that means you have fifty thousand dollars in sales, right? Fifty dollars a piece, thousand dollar, a thousand pieces, fifty thousand dollars in sales. How much of that has gone to buying the inventory because you're carrying inventory to service those sales? So, in my book, a healthy operation looks at how much have I made in a month in net, net, net profit. Yeah. And that month, what was the inventory value that I was carrying in order to service that month's sales and the, the continuity of the sales. Because if you run out of inventory at the end of month one, that's not good. So you're going to have enough inventory at the beginning of the month. So what was that value? So if it was three times your net margin, the dollar value of the not net margin, that means one thing. If it was four times because you have a, lead, a longer lead time or you've done bad calculations and then you bought too much inventory, so you're carrying too much. So $50 a piece, 1,000 pieces, you made 10 bucks a sale, 10,000, you made $10,000. If at the beginning of that month, your inventory value that you carry was $100,000, that means you are getting, it's gonna take you 10 months of that kind of performance on net profit just to finance the inventory you had at the beginning of the month. <laughs> to yeah, me, that's yeah. a very unhealthy business. That's what I look at. How much How much am I producing in what we call liquidity as net uh, profit? And then how does that compare to the inventory value at the beginning of the month? And you had to monitor that. And that's a percentage. In, in our example, it's 10%. Is it if the inventory you were carrying was instead of 100,000, was 50,000, then obviously that's a much better situation, but that's very tight because now you are likely to run out of inventory. So, what is the right number for you? And if you don't know this, then I tell you what's going to happen. You're going to find yourself asking questions. I don't understand what's going on. We have good margins, we're growing all the time, but we never have any money in the bank. Why is that happening? And how much is that? I mean, I keep borrowing all the time. I keep asking everybody to lend me some money because I've got a vendor bill due. But it's never enough. It's never enough. So if you don't know that ratio, you will not know how much money you need. And if you don't know how much money you need, you are always going to be best case scenario, struggling, sleeping, uh, sleepless nights. And worst case scenario, you run out of cash and you go bankrupt. There is no question Because inventory is very hard to find cash for unless you sell it. And if it's taking you a longer time to sell it, you're going to run out of cash. And if it's bad inventory, then that's when things go real bad.
0: I love that you bring that up, Nick, because for a lot of sellers, Amazon is a cash-eating business. Like They never have enough cash, but they have tons of inventory. You know, we where's all of our profit? Well, it's not the bank, it's in the warehouse. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's typical, right? So, so let's talk about that a little bit. Um is that part of the reason why you created Argo metrics and what does Argometrics do?
1: Well, Argometrics is a company uh, that has a SaaS platform. and uh, we uh, our platform is called Seller Intelligence Platform, SIP for short. SIP reports uh, listing metrics, listing analytics, So it tells you where the money is and where you are losing the opportunities. So it helps you, if you like what we were talking about at the beginning, to dominate the market. So you need these numbers. So the key about numbers is you need to be looking at numbers not as a snapshot, but as a trend over time. So this means what everybody calls big data, because you have a lot of data coming in every day, uh, different data points. So it is impossible for a, a conventional seller, unless they have a huge IT department and regular Excel sheets won't really cover this. You can build the most comprehensive Excel sheet, but you need to keep updating it with data every day. So uh, what SIP does is it connects to Seller Central, pulls all your data uh, for your listings, and then it tells you, look, this is what your conversion rate is over time. We can, have, we can have up to two years right from the get-go. And then as the data accumulates, you know, we have some customers been with us for three years, so they have five years of data. So you can look at it over time and, and make decisions. And also the, the real deal with data is turn it into actionable intelligence. So our system tells you what to do. Instead of just show you the data, uh, it, it tells you what to do. And also we don't really believe in looking at numbers. We like looking at pictures. So it visualizes the data. So you can see your conversion rates are going up and down and it shows you if it's grown, if it's dropped or things like that, that's what it does. And uh, of course, as you know, technology is always work in progress so we are adding new things. And my, my big thing that I focus on is conversion rate and this other inventory uh, situation that, that I developed a metric called Return on Inventory. It's ROI, but it stands for Return on Inventory. And it reports how much inventory you're carrying versus how much profit you're making. With those two, you can pretty much drive the business, but there are other metrics that connect to it. So uh, those metrics are the ones that lead to conversion. Uh, so it, it, you can find everything all together in SIP. I
0: love it. So Nick, a lot of sellers are out there they're, they're feeling the pain that you just brought up. They're like, man, my sales are doing great, but I don't have any money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I never have any money. And the only time I can ever foresee myself having money is if I sell this business. But really, it's not supposed to be like that. You're no. supposed to run your business at a healthy level where... Yes, you have some working capital and you have some inventory on hand, but not all of your cash goes to inventory unless you're in heavy growth mode. So I would highly recommend that you check out ArgoMetrics. Nick definitely has a handle on that. Uh, Nick, do you have a special offer for any of the listeners of the show or should they just go to ArgoMetrics.com?
1: Yeah, just go to ArgoMetrics.com and look up seller intelligence platform and you'll see a register uh, icon when you click on it, you'll be enter you'll be able to enter a coupon code. And if you enter PP Pro 15, so that's for purchase pro, PP yeah. Pro 15, you're gonna get 15% off for life on, oh, the, subscri- on the subscription not the subscription, monthly subscription of SIP.
0: Well, that's really generous, Nick, and I, I appreciate that for sure. All of our listeners definitely appreciate it. Check it out. Um if you don't know your numbers of your business, it's really hard to manage your business. So you got you to gotta have a handle on this stuff. So Nick, let's transition to the last part of our show here. I know we're running out of time. <clears throat> so with every guest, we like to ask two fun questions at the end. The first question for you, Nick, is what is your all-time favorite business book?
1: Well, there are two. I can't give one. And okay. the second <laughs> one came out of the mistakes, I should say, the blunders I had from implementing the first one the first one is called the uh, emit revisited it's why small businesses fail in america so yep. emit revisited by michael gerber now that left leaves out it provides everything it leaves out the people component and people component you can cover it with the book co- uh, called good to great so okay. those two books you implement those two books You'll be laughing all the way.
0: I love it. I love both of those books. Um, the E Myth definitely opened up my eyes. But I guess you're right. It doesn't really touch on the people very much, does it?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the, the people, you've got nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the last question we have for you, to Nick, is: um, Over the last year, have you purchased something that you may have thought was a splurge, or you may have spent a little bit more money than you'd like to on it, but you don't regret buying it?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. I, I'm a very difficult buyer. You know, I do my research, and uh, after I buy it, I think... Actually, this was... Okay, let's tie this back to Amazon. It's not something I uh, regret, but I bought this thing. I read, you know, those CNN... Uh, I think it was a CNN website uh, thing that says, best purchases on Amazon this yeah. week. So this thing came out, the garlic crusher. So, uh, so I thought, okay, you know, I was always stuff that you have to do in kitchen. So I thought, well, this would be a good buy. So I bought that. And after like three, using it three times, this is like getting so many reviews, 40,000 reviews yeah. all good and everything. And the whole thing just broke. I thought, this is ridiculous, you know. And, and I posted a real bad review. I <laughs> said, so, you know, waste of time, uh, waste of money. It, it stops working after. You know, I documented the, the whole thing. And then the seller reached out to me and said, uh, we would like to send you a new one. And so they sent me a new one. And the new one seems to be working. <laughs> so yeah, well, that's so much good. I feel like a big regret, but it's relevant to the Amazon seller's experience.
0: Now, Nick, did you change your review after they after they came through for you?
1: Yes, I did.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I figured that you did. So that that's good. All right, Nick. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the Post Purchase Podcast. We definitely want to have you back again in the future to talk about everything financial when it comes to your business. I can tell you really have um, a lot of experience in the area because you're talking about like a major pain point for a lot of sellers. So we'd love to have you back on in the future, Nick. But for now, this has been an episode of the Post Purchase Podcast. Thank you so much, Nick.
1: Thank you. Thank you.